Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're talking about drama today. Not the fun sort like the soap opera sort on TV, but the real life sort. So when the soap opera becomes real, which means that either you or some of the people that you know in your life tend to get a little bit of too much addicted to a bit of game playing, a um, little bit of attention seeking, and basically spending a whole lot of your time and energy in worrying about stuff which you probably shouldn't be putting your energy into. Jane. Okay. I have met quite a few drama queens in my time, and dare I say it, it is something that does seem to be more applicable but not always to females. So probably in this example, I'm going to go down the female path. However, guys, you can identify with this too. It can certainly occur. Probably the worst case that I had was this gorgeous girl who rang me to make an appointment to become a member at Social Aid. And just the making of the appointment was a drama. I was on the phone for so long to even just try and get a time out of this girl where I had to hear the story of why she couldn't attend different times, which I don't really need to know. I just need a yes or a no. And then we finally get make this appointment, which, of course, got cancelled. Then we make a new time. Then she texts me about three or four times before even arriving, saying that she was running late and what has happened. She walked in the door like a hurricane. The energy was just so frazzled. That's the best word I think to describe it was frazzled energy. Plonked herself down and like, you know, I'm here as though it was the greatest achievement and that, you know, maybe I should be hailing her for having made it to the appointment. We then went proceeded to talk about her becoming a member and a very simple question such as our dinners are operated from Monday to Friday evenings. What nights work for you? What nights don't work for you? Her schedule was so crazy that it, it just about made me feel toxic and sick just listening to it. She really had no time to herself and was a complete slave to every other person in her life. She was a part-time carer for her mother, but she was also, she believed, the emotional support to a numerous people in her life, to a really large group of friends. And so as I started to challenge her on this, I said, you know, if you really want a partner, which was her desire, she came to me because she really wanted to meet a nice guy and have a relationship. I said, you've got to create space. You have to have time for this person to be able to drive their car into the garage and be a part of your life. So we looked at what she could reduce from her life. Now, to cut a long story short, we ended up getting to the friends that she was. She felt that she was constantly at their beck and call. So I asked her to show me her phone. She had an iPhone. For those of you that don't have them, you actually follow a conversation between two people. So you can bring up one person's name and you can see all the text messages that go back and forth between the two people. Every single conversation started with her sending a message out to them first. So she was reaching out to them. How are you going? Just checking in. Hope it's all going. Everything's going well. Of course, the response is going to come back and her friends had learned that they could dump on her. So back came the drama story from the friend and then she was into it. The texts were back and forth furiously of her getting into this other person's drama. But when I went through the phone with all these different friends and family members, not once did they send her a text first asking for her help. So she felt very validated by being important in their life. 
she felt that it was her addiction was to be in other people's dramas, helping other people to fix their stuff so that she could feel good about herself. Because it is actually really addictive, isn't it? At, at the smallest level, it's like gossip or it's Facebook or it's, I just have to know, I just have to see the photos of my ex-boyfriend's wedding or I just have to see if that girl that I used to hate at high school is on Facebook and what she looks like now and if she's gotten fat, you know. And <laughs> it, it starts there. And then it goes into higher-level games and, and higher-level addictive behaviours. So, yeah. Like Jane's describing, a life which literally can't operate because you're always collapsing in a heap because that next thing's come along, the straw that breaks the camel's back on top of what you're already juggling because you've actually loaded up your life with so much drama. You've attracted needy or toxic people who all need a piece of you. You don't know how to say no to them. You've attracted in a hard relationship. You've created, set up dynamics between you and your children so that they're always running to you for a piece of you as well. You know, your money is a mess Then your accountant calls and that stresses you out or somebody, you know, steals funds out from under your nose. Drama, 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 because your life is not on a good, clean, clear, straight and narrow. You haven't got a handle on it. And yeah, you just sort of haven't ever probably really sat down and just sat for a moment with yourself in silence. And oh, Jane, it's got to go back to self love. <laughs> Why are we surprised? This shouldn't be called love life, it should be called self love. <laughs> I don't think the boys will let us change the name now, but yes, yes. Okay. Because I mean, actually, and I saw a little bit, a little bit of this, um, in a client myself just in, in the last week. Um, because I mean, this is prevalent. This, Absolutely. This, this kind of behavior is, is, it is really prevalent, and uh, and it is true, Jane, when you say, isn't it? And it's a terrible thing to say, but girls in particular, because we do tend to be so chatty and gossipy, and we almost use gossip as a currency exchange, like a it's it's a comfortable way to initiate conversation with somebody rather than talk about the weather. Oh, and did you see her hair at the Oscars? And then and then it's oh, and did you see so and so who we know's hair down the street at the shopping mall? And on, and on it goes. That's right. And of course, every time that we make a negative judgment about another, it is always to make ourselves feel better. So when we get into the gossip. It's like it's not. It's my life's not as bad because look at theirs. Or uh, I might be feeling bad about myself, but at least I don't do that. You know, it's the real put down of somebody else to make yourself feel better. And of course, all behaviour we do it because it makes us feel better in the moment. Yeah, it's really deriving pleasure from other people's, um, you know, failures or pain or, or lack, and isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's not healthy, transparent, ethical, spiritual behaviour either. It's not, but it's a very hard habit to get out of. And very common. Very hard. Yep. And look, I actually, dare I say it, I was that girl. I was the mean girl. I was the gossip. In fact, I was probably queen of it. In fact, I created a lot of it. Why? Because it validated me. It made me feel like I was participating, that people wanted to hear what I had to say. Because what I really wanted to say, I didn't actually think was that interesting or that good. So how old were you when you were like that, James? In my 20s. Is it, and did it start in high school years? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Course, always goes back to childhood. Yeah, because I because I guess for people listening, so they can really understand it and see it in their in their own selves, perhaps. Um, so how did you learn that behaviour? Would you say how did you become a girl who was a bitchy girl? I actually remember the moment. I remember it distinctly. I was fifteen, and to that point, I had grown up as a very highly sensitive child. My feelings were hurt very easily. Um, I felt that. People were constantly telling me, don't take things so personally, toughen up, take a bucket of cement, you know, all those horrible sayings. But when I would say to them, well, how do I stop being so sensitive? How? Nobody could answer that question, not one person. Now, bearing in mind, we're talking about the 60s and 70s. You know, I think that these days those questions can be answered, thankfully, so much better. 
However, back then, nobody could tell me. It was just stop crying, get over it, stop, stop carrying on. And so in the end, I knew that I, well, I felt from a core that I was a very kind person and I liked people and I couldn't understand how people could be what I perceived was cruel to me when I could never mirror that behavior back to them. I just, it was incapable of doing it. So at one point at 15, I just went, I capitulate and I literally did. I gave up and I remember saying, if you guys can't get me the way I am, then I'm going to change and I'll just be like you. And there started bad habits such as I remember grabbing a cigarette and that was that moment that I wanted to be like the others because it was too painful to be different. It was too painful. And to a certain point, it worked because grab a cigarette, suddenly everyone, I remember the first puff I took, all these girls going, oh, she did the drawback. I mean, I was a hero. So what, what, meanwhile, I'm thinking this tastes foul. I'm coughing my guts up. This is revolting. Not to mention it shouldn't be doing it, blah, 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 guilt and all the rest of it. But what was stronger was the peer approval I was in. And that is what we crave. We crave connection. We crave love. Mm. And that was my distorted view of what love was then. Speaking for myself, my early, very early 20s, right through for 10 years, was spent in media in women's magazines. Now, women's oh, magazines. Wow. Yeah. Inside and out, as in on the floor, in the team, and in the products we were producing, we were basically selling bitchiness for money and, and fronting up as the face of bitchiness at clubs and parties and events. So, I mean, I was basically launched into, I mean, and I was a very sheltered, you know, if I do say so, quite sweet and quite, um, you know, green <laughs> little girl from Adelaide, from the suburbs. And in a space of three weeks, I went from just being a uni student and living at home to working in a city of six million people in a skyscraper for one of the largest media companies in the world. Wow. And I was in a team of all women, because that's what magazines are, um, young women, all in their 20s pretty much, and a few in their 30s, because um, it's a bit like newsreaders. The minute you get old and haggard, you're out, or you're booted back into advertising or somewhere that they can't look at you. <laughs> oh, how um, sad. Yeah, and, uh, and it was like Mean Girls, Lindsay Lohan. It was like It was like high school all over again. I was instantly highly, highly um, threatened in a way that I'd actually never been at my own high school uh, about what I was wearing, what I was told off at functions for not having enough makeup on. My looks were immediately attacked. There was so wow. much um, gossip and so much bitching that would go around and around and around in these little cliques in the magazine world. And then, of course, what were we doing for a living? We were selling gossip for people's money. We were, we were, you know, paying the people who went through rubbish bins because I did and I worked at Who Magazine. Now, Who Magazine is, believe it or not, and with that, not time to go into all this now, but it is actually more ethical than some of the mags that some of my girlfriends worked for. Um, but I certainly understand about the dumpster diving. I certainly know about girls hanging outside um, hotel rooms till really late, um, you know, with their recorders trying to catch the celebs as they came home, um, knocking on people's private home doors, catching them at moments where their son's just been murdered or, you know, something, a terrible travesty is happening and sticking a microphone into their face, um, you know, taking people at the worst moments in their life, those celebrities just divorced or, you know, all of this stuff. And that's how we made our money, isn't it? As well as the fact I was a beauty and fashion girl, which meant that I spent my whole time telling teen girls and impressionable girls basically how to feel insecure about their natural bodies you smell you need deodorant you know your hair's stringy you need shampoo you've got a pimple you need to cover it up you're not good enough just how you are 
you know? Which is why now, of course, you do the beautiful Soul Diva work, which Beck does amazing work with a group of women to empower teenage girls, and you do the complete good first now. Yeah, because I'm making up for my karma. karma. <laughs> so because we go into high schools and we run full-day workshops where we explain from, you know, those who are like myself who've been behind the scenes and we've seen how images are doctored, um, you know, to explain to girls how, they, how to basically get their mojo back, their self-esteem, their positive self-talk. It's beautiful work. Now, we're not getting off topic, believe it or not, because, yes, this does go back to drama and it goes back to gossip and there's definitely jobs out there and there's definitely friendship groups out there and just just groups of people out there who do tend to magnetize and stick together because the common glue is the drama right that's right absolutely and in the dating world if you've got a woman who's addicted to drama addicted to all of these things we're talking about how do you see that panning out with her love choices jane okay look i actually don't turn into any relationships because very few men will actually put up with the drama and so the first dinner that she eventually went to which that was a drama in itself i think it took us three or four ghosts of planning a dinner before she could finally get there and then she liked this guy and she swapped actually she liked two of the guys and swapped phone numbers with both of them now the first guy said something along the lines of um he was email uh, sorry ringing and texting back and forth and it was all too hard and he sent us an email saying yeah look i don't think she's really keen on actually dating whether it's me or in general it's all too hard, not interested. So he had good boundaries. He saw flags go up quickly and he decided to let that go. The second guy did go on a date and just said that he couldn't believe the drama, the stories that she was sharing. It was this monologue and he got no airtime. And and he just, so that there was only ever one date, didn't move any further. Now, the good news, the short story is that we did actually do a lot of work with her. And while she's still desiring a relationship, she's much more effective in meeting people and communicating and managing her time. It's going to be a long time for her to fix this. This is going to take, you know, probably a couple of years, I would imagine, because one of the fears, of course, is that as you start to change, you don't know, you no longer fit that group. Mm. So it's about, well, am I going to let all my friends go? Or are they going to want to be around me if I change? Yeah. So for me, what happened, I had an aha moment where, I literally realized that how I was behaving was not working for me. It just wasn't. I couldn't do it anymore. It wasn't making me happy. I would come home from a party where I participated in all the passive-aggressive rubbish and I'd wake up in the morning and recap the evening and I would still have that pit in my stomach, that tenseness of, of the anxiousness of the evening. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. I didn't know what it was I wanted, but I knew I wanted something more peaceful than this. But I had a fear of boring. So it was quite a journey for me to recover from that. You know, we've got two things going on. We've got the inner game as we talk about. We talk a lot about the inner game, but we also have to give some tools for the outer game. We do. So with that scenario, with this girl, one of the things that I said very simply was that there was no more texting first. So she had to be, she had to wait to be asked for help. Text detox. Text detox, absolutely. And so, you know, that wasn't easy for her. And I said, look, you know, if you slip up and you're feeling really disconnected and you need connection, reach out. But watch what your intent is. Try to not buy into drama. Just reach out and say hi. But really try to wait and see what gets dumped on you if you're not asking for things to be dumped on you. Because this wasn't just in her her dating life and her friendships. It was in her work. She was the girl that, you know, everyone finishes at 5 o'clock, but everyone was dumping on her desk the work, and she was there at 6 o'clock. 
when it because everyone else had somewhere else to go and can't can you finish this oh. yes 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 and then the next morning she's the martyr look at what i did mm. i was here until six yeah but it's all lack of boundaries that stuff as well isn't it jane well Massive it is stuff. we're blurring into not not knowing how to say no yeah but, you know which we are going to do an episode on that yeah yeah um yeah so there was a lot of drama going on and she just needed to have a gentle release of it not a complete cut the cords because she wouldn't cope so it was important to do it gently but as she did she started to find that she had a little bit more peace in her life that feeling in her stomach the anxiousness started to ease a little bit she started to have a little bit more time and then I got her to speak to all of her friends and family that she was going to a dinner on such and such a date and she wouldn't be available for communicating and to please respect this. So then she had this night that she was looking forward to that was solely about her and she got very excited by that. So that was the payoff that started from that one small external new boundary, that one little tool gave her instant worth to continue to do this work question is jane were the friends and family able to adhere by those guidelines because presumably they're all quite toxic and drama you know they're feeding the drama so those kind of people like and i've seen this happen with a girlfriend a similar scenario the one weekend she tries to have a way it's actually the husband pulled the huge big i have to go to hospital and i know i know and i know that you could say okay well it's something physical you can't blame him for that but i'm telling you people this is this is psychosomatic spiritual weird stuff this is where he can't cope because wife has left and he's pulling it's him screaming little boy and him screaming come home i need you come home now where are you that's right? right. Absolutely. So anyway, and I don't know if you what if you know what happened with yeah, the lady. Yes, did they yes, leave her alone? Yes. Okay. Some did, some didn't. Yeah. Okay. But those that didn't, I then said to her, now let's reevaluate this friendship. Is this person really important to you? Some were, some weren't. Now with the one, let's use one example that wasn't, that was continually still dumping on her. I then actually did get into teaching her how to say no and not feel guilty about it. And as she did that, this person just moved on to find somebody else to Correct. share the drama. They actually leave your vibration. That's just how I was going to word it because what's happening there is she's starting to retune her vibration, a bit like a radio frequency. And when you shift the dial upwards, you're going to actually start to attract in a very different calibre of human being who wants to be with you, men and women. Okay, both. So um, what's I going to say, Jane? I was going to say the other thing that people need to be prepared to know is if you are ready to relinquish some of this drama in your life, you, you will lose what we want to call friendship. They might not even really be friendships, let's face it, but you will lose people. You That's will. That's true. And, and it's actually a good thing. Don't let that stop no, you. No, but it's hard because often, you know, the drama queen is often very much associated with popularity. And so it can be a numbers game. It's like how many friends have you got on Facebook? Yep. That, you know, if, if I only have two beautiful friends in my life, it means I'm not successful versus I've got 20 people that I can call up and go out with on a Saturday night. How does it look? How does it look? Yeah, so it's really um, can be difficult for people to, to really want to do that. Mm. So all I can say is that my own experience, it was – very difficult when I did start to remove people from my life mm. and I had all of those doubts. Thank goodness I did. I, thank God, honestly, it, my life has been such a blessing since. Yes. And I don't believe anybody will ever regret it. And as you just said, Beck, when you turn your radio dial up to a higher notch, you attract a different experience into your life. Yeah. And I'm so blessed now to have a handful of really good women in my life that I can go to that are true friends 
that I can share anything with without judgment, with no passive aggressive behavior, without any risk of them misinterpreting what I'm saying and gossiping about it to other people. And my, as a result, my life is so rich and exciting and interesting. It's not, it's peaceful, but it's not boring. It's far from boring. In fact, the conversations I have now, much like we're actually sharing with you on Love Life, this is what my life is like. I, I like talking about stuff like this. I like it to be rich and real and honest and open. It's genuine. And there will be a lot of you listening who, who are not high-maintenance, high-drama people, absolutely. And, you know, if I can share a couple more of my own experiences, because I did detox off a lot of the stuff that we just talked about as well, came out of the magazine, the corporate, the, the media world, the glossy. I had a massive shift in my own identity in a little bit, like you said before about the drama queen attention stuff. I was so addicted to that in a sense that I didn't know who I was. If that VIP access was taken away, if the, you can get past the red rope but nobody else on the line can because you're from Who magazine and all this sort of stuff and when all of that was taken away because I, I shifted states and left my job behind I had no idea who I was and I was 26 years old and I threw a tantrum for two years okay but of course it catapulted me into my spiritual journey and here I am at 33 now as you can imagine I've done a hell of a lot of work between then and now in making my life as completely talk the talk walk the walk as possible because that's my highest philosophy is if I'm going to be teaching spirituality I have to practice what I preach absolutely is the most important ethical transparency to me fine but do you know what's so interesting is that even living at the high level that I, I like to feel that I am you can still fine hone it even that little bit more and so I had a very interesting um, incident a couple of years ago where I was I was friends with a girl. I was very dear friends with her and she, her family had a lot of stuff going on and I found myself getting a little bit addicted to all of that kind of dynasty clan drama, like, you know, like neighbours, what's the next instalment, you know. And um, a couple of times I found myself sending some emails to another girl who knew just to spread on some of the gossip and I'd always get a sinking feeling. And you talked about that, Jane, that pit yeah. of your stomach feeling when yeah. you get home. and. It's almost like the universe was giving me a couple of chances. The universe was saying, are you going to do something about that? Are you going to curb it? And I didn't. And I got slapped on the art. The universe Did you? <laughs> absolutely walloped me one for that. I had one of those episodes in life that we never want to think about again, and I lost a 10-year friendship. Wow. So I got whacked, burnt. Second of all, I'm actually being called, as of the last about, I'd say, nine months, I've actually noticed because I've been stung and burnt a couple more times that the universe is asking me to once again let go of any clients, friendships, activities, behaviours which do give me that kind of that. It's so subtle now that I have to really pay attention. It's not like a great big <laughs> kick in the guts kind of feeling anymore. It's more of a, oh, I don't know if I've got you to do this or mm, I might just put that person off. I don't really want to see her this week. It's so subtle now. And so I've been, again, kind of getting away with it for ages and ages and ages. And just recently, the universe has been walloping me saying, pay attention, Rebecca. These are inauthentic people whose values do not match yours. Let them go. It's interesting. There's so much to say about all of that. I had my own aha moment very similar to you uh, about identity, which you touched on identity. And I want to just double mm, whammy that yes. because, again, with the drama queen, this can be a big thing. And so I was a choreographer for 23 years. And, you know, when you, this is going to sound very, very shallow. However, when people often, the first thing that people say is, what do you do? Well, here's my tip. Now I add on the words for fun and I answer the question because I don't want to be validated by what I do. 
I want to communicate with what I enjoy. I enjoy yoga. I enjoy painting. I enjoy my shack down at Normanville, etc. Okay, so when people say, what do you do? I used to answer, I'm a choreographer. It would always get the wow factor. Like the magazine, Working For Who magazine. You know, you talk about the VIP tickets and all of that stuff. I truly was terrified to end that career. But I knew two years before it ended, I knew I was done. But I was so scared because I didn't know how much of me, how much of my identity was what I did for a living. I had the brown mouse syndrome. I was scared of boredom. I was scared of average, dare I say it. And so I hung on to one contract. I sold off a couple of companies that were associated with being a choreographer and I kept one contract. And what happened? I got fired after 20 or 16 years with that contract. The universe kicked you out. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm so grateful. It was the most painful at the time. Sometimes if you lack the courage to do it yourself. The universe will take care of it for you. Every time. However, it's going to be a bit more painful, but it will. I swear when you close one door, another door opens and you actually have to close the door first. But it does bring us back to the easiest way to make these changes is to do it gently. Don't do things too fast. Listen to that gut feeling. Does it feel good? Does it feel bad? Are you pushing upstream? Is it hard work or are you going to turn around and just gently go fluidly downstream? So listen to your intuition. And so if you do that and you just take gentle measures and constantly reassess situations, baby steps is going to get you fantastic results and it won't have the universe kick you up the backside like it happened to Beck and I. Mm. And I think it's a much easier way to be learning. Mm. And the incentive is that as you make a tiny step, just like my client did of one simple thing of not reaching out first on the text messages, it feels different. It kind of feels a little bit empty. It's not It's not a bad feeling. It just feels slightly different. But as you get into that difference, it then shifts to be something pleasant and nice. And you want more of that. That's all we want in life is to be happy. So as you get a bit more of this happiness, it becomes addictive. And there's your new addiction to get more happiness rather than to get more toxicity. Because we, of course, need to be bringing it down to the really deep base core questions here as well. For somebody who is a terminally addicted gossip queen slash drama queen slash any of those sort of titles that you want to give it, um, we need to look at how it's serving you. So... Where did this all begin? And usually it is a chronic case of needing attention, usually from when you're little. Usually it's either mum and or dad didn't feel loved enough, felt older brother or sister got more attention, always felt like you're on the outer, you were, or, you know, maybe the ugly duckling at school or whatever it was, but there's some deep craving need in you to be heard, to be noticed, to be counted, to know that you're accepted. And this is your way of going about trying to, constantly prove to yourself in a day-to-day sense that, that this is what's happening, that you're okay, that you are accepted, that you're in. Um, I think that from there, that's such a, a valid point where we are wanting that constant acceptance. So it is about self-worth and it is about us reminding ourselves of our, of our worth. Now, in those moments of when I was a choreographer and I was toxic and all of that, I really didn't know what I had to offer. I didn't know. It was time to really go within and look at my true qualities and it was time to be really kind to myself and start to 
recognize the true worth that I do actually bring. Mm. And you know what? Because and you, you hit the nail on the head there. You said you know, I didn't even really quite know who I was or where I was aiming for or what else was other. But I, it's kind of that feeling where you just know that what you've got isn't. It's just not right it's anymore. It's not working. It's, and this goes back to, of course, in a spiritual sense, you know, life purpose. And we are. I really believe, and I see this all the time. Everybody's come to Earth for a reason. And of course, you don't know what it is. Nobody bloody knows what it is. We're here to figure it out. We're here to figure it out. We're here to get as most back into alignment with our true selves as we possibly can. And this detox stuff is imperative to creating the clarity and the silence within you that you need to listen to what your head and your heart are trying to whisper to you about your journey and your story and your true life purpose. And the more you get involved in other people's stories and other people's dramas and all of their junk, you're just wasting time. You're not getting on with the job. That's right. I think one of the easiest ways too, if you do have somebody in your life who is full of drama and they're constantly sharing the same victim story, they'll just have 20 different ways of sharing the same story, is to stop and say to them, I hear what you're saying. How can I help you to change this? That's right. And, you know, we, we touched on before about having to let some of these people in our lives go. And Jane did say, do you know what? You might be dreading it. If you've got a person in your life who's a drama queen and you'd love to get rid of them, it might be easier than you think. Because like Jane said, they are so addicted to, to needing to get that hit that if you're not giving it to them they will disappear in a heartbeat and go and get it from somebody else they That's really right. will and funnily enough they may still be in your life but you might just get the good stuff and not the bad stuff mm. how refreshing how wonderful to have a beautiful friend and you're just getting the good stuff creating better boundaries about how to deal with people absolutely yeah. Yeah. that's our half hour miss jane should we do it again next week fantastic looking forward to it all right so jump on facebook if you want to continue this conversation all of our podcasts of course on the wellnesscouch.com you're sitting on the love couch with rebecca detman and jane donovan see you later Bye. life is perfect i'm not trying it's just happening it's a beautiful day.